It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz. Today, on campus, College Park, Maryland. Maryland, at the University of Maryland, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. Thank you so much, Terps, the Terrapins of Maryland. We welcome our first guest, Paul Becker. Hi, Paul. How are you? Good. How are you, Adam? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. We travel the country to learn about community service and uh, high character with college uh, students, and we land here in College Park to talk to you about uh, what you have going on with your uh, fraternity. What's your fraternity? I'm Lambda Chi Alpha. Lambda Chi Alpha. You're also the president of the Interfraternity Council here on campus. Uh, what are you guys doing at Lambda Chi? Uh, well, our big philanthropy is uh, the Feeding America Initiative, so we try to help those without enough food in our country. So we have a large canned food drive and money collection uh, on campus each spring. Does the entire campus, all the sororities, dorms, you go everywhere? Do you get everybody involved? I mean, we try to get as much involvement as possible. Primarily, uh, sororities are usually happy to help out, uh, fraternities cause. You go to alumni, you go to family members, I mean, anyone who's willing to contribute to uh, what we're trying to accomplish. Do you, when you see a canned food that you like, like chunky soup, do you take that aside and keep it for yourself, or do you get, really give it away? I mean, you could probably trade something out if you're, like, attached to it, but, uh, you know, you would hope that the food drive is your... And that sounds like a national uh, organization. Feeding America, you said it was called? Correct, Feeding America. So that's all Lambda Chi chapters nationwide okay. contribute to that cause. Okay, so Google that. Our listeners can check out more with Feeding America uh, with Lambda Chi and their national philanthropy. And then here locally with the IFC, uh, the fraternities, um, with your guys that come in, uh, how important is character and integrity with these guys? You'd hope that that's the first part of recruitment, that you bring in the guys that you um, think will represent your letters right, the guys that you want to be friends with. Uh, they treat men and women the right way. Um, that's kind of the whole purpose of recruitment and then the new member process where you teach them how to act like gentlemen. Acting like gentlemen is Paul Becker. Thank you so much for joining us. Give yourselves another round of applause. It's the University of Maryland in College Park. Thank you for hosting the Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. The show rolls on from Manhattan, Kansas, on the campus of Kansas State University. We are with Corey Pinkett. Hi, Corey. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Honored to have you on the show. Corey, uh, you work with the athletic department at K-State, and uh, your official title is? Director of Life Skills. Life skills, that's a big one uh, that we cover on this show. Uh, for your student-athletes, I, I can guess and probably know that they're fast, they're strong, they're quick, and they're athletic. Mm -hmm. You deal with them outside of that world to make sure they have life skills to, to compete in the real world with honor, character, integrity, and stuff like that, right? Yes, absolutely. So a lot of my work is on the professional development side, so their careers, the soft skills that they need to be able to transition into a professional atmosphere. But then we also do personal development. So that character, that integrity, that leadership training to make sure that they're getting everything they need 
to succeed not only academically but also athletically and then in their professional world. So it's it's really neat and fun work. <laughs> so professional development. Yeah. Um, I could have used you 25 years ago, by the way. Sorry, uh, you're, you're preparing uh, young college student athletes, the Wildcats at K-State, mm-hmm. to be the next wave of of uh, members of corporate America. I mean, uh, which is, you know, I can understand it's hard to get uh, in front of a, a, a male or female student athlete that just wants to play sports and kick butt at it. Oh, yeah. You have to get their attention to say, okay, and here's how you can use that tenacity to also have a great job in corporate America. Do they like hearing that kind of stuff from you? It's all about packaging. And that's something I learned very quickly because you don't want to be the type of person that kills dreams, but you also want to be realistic with them about what happens next. So a lot of my approach is whenever you're done playing your sport. So it's not after you graduate college, you're immediately going into a career. That's not really how I approach it because some of my players will hear that and in their minds it's me telling them they can't play professionally. So I like to approach it from whenever you're done, whenever that is, whether that's after college, whether you play for a few years professionally, whether you have a career playing professionally and you're there for 10 years and now you're 30, but what are you going to do? Um, I like to tell them that these skills that we're learning, these skills that you're getting trained in are things you'll be able to use for the rest of your life. So let's practice on some of those things. You wouldn't go on the football field or in, excuse me, on a court or at a tennis court and play without having practiced, without having trained, without having strengthened some of those skills that you'll need to be successful. So I don't expect you to go into an interview or walk into the first day on a job without having trained and practiced some of those skills that you'll need to be able to successfully work in that atmosphere. So I like to give them a realistic way to look at that career development and that professional development so that it's a lot easier for them to kind of wrap their head around it. But it's still difficult because you don't want to give up something you've been doing for your entire life. Um, So it's hard to kind of see that end of the tunnel picture while you're still actively engaged and wanting to be champions and wanting to be conference champions and wanting to succeed. Um, So it's all about that balance. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great game Saturday, but you need to get a job next year. Um, Do you have a success story for, I'll put you on the spot. Do you have a success story of uh, of a male or female student athlete, uh, even if you don't want to use their name, that uh, came to your office early on, maybe sophomore year, and you were like, I don't know how this person's going to do in a job interview. And then all of a sudden, senior year, they nail it. And now they're 26 and they're in the job force and they've got an awesome job. Who is that person? I actually do. And I will actually use their name because I was super proud of this person. So before I got to K-State, I worked at the University of Central Florida and was assistant director of student services there. And one of my students named Curlin Williams, who's on the football team, And he came in as a junior and got involved in our career development programming and was one of those that didn't really know what he wants to do like most because he had never had experience in anything. So he tried to pursue the professional route and that didn't work out. So then he's back into my office like, okay, Corey, what do I do next? What do I need to do? And we worked. We looked at jobs. We applied. We We put him out there really and forced him to make some connections and go talk to some people. And he bounced around a few different places and got into some sales positions. And he had always wanted to work in sport, but didn't really know how. And then I got on LinkedIn a couple of days ago and saw that he's working with the Orlando Magic as a ticket sales rep. And I sent him an email just congratulating him on the new role and him being finally being where he wants to be after three years. And And he was like, well, it's all because of you and you forced me to do all that stuff I really didn't think I wanted to do, but it worked out in my favor. So it's it's moments like that that really 
make me value the work that I do. Because sometimes it's difficult when people don't want to do it or you're looking at folks and they're like, why do we have to be here? Or is it mandatory? Do we have to go? And I'm like, I promise it's going to help you. I promise. And then you get those success stories and you know. That's why you do it. It sounds to me like you've got some courtside seats coming to an Orlando Magic game coming up. Corey Pinkett is our guest, uh, life skills coordinator at K-State, Kansas State University. You also deal with um, uh, addiction, not necessarily addiction, I guess, but just uh, alcohol and drug use and misuse uh, with education, I guess, and programming with your student-athletes. Yes, we... Again, we try to be proactive with the programming that we bring in and really want to make sure we're educating our students on some of these things that they'll deal with as college students. So whether Yeah, no, I'm not I didn't not. bring that up because oh, there's no, a problem I, here. No, it's no, just no. you said it. But, you're being proactive. Yes, I mean, we're all adults. These are college students. They might they might be in a, situ- a situation mm-hmm. where there's a party. That's uh, they need to know this stuff. Fancy that. Oh, absolutely. And we we have training in place, so every freshman or transfer student that comes into K-State, they get sexual harassment training. We have workshops every spring for football where we'll talk about drugs and alcohol. we will bring in speakers like yourself to talk to them, and we'll touch on financial planning. We'll touch on some of that other stuff that they need, stuff that they might not have been taught or they weren't taught at home, and they come here, and they're in a new environment, and they have these targets on their back because they're athletes at a D1 institution and we're on ESPN and they're in the limelight and everybody wants to be friends with them and everybody wants to give them drinks and everybody wants to do all these different things but decisions are important and there's consequences to those decisions so if we can be proactive and we can educate and let them know hey yeah I know everybody in your neighborhood back home smoked weed but if you smoke weed here you get kicked off the team I mean being real realistic about some of that different stuff so that one, their names are not in headlines because that's not what we want. But so they know and they don't have to deal with some of those negative consequences that are a result of a quick decision or a quick lapse in judgment. So we, we do. We try to be proactive. There's always room to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for sure. There are things that we can continue to be doing better. But whatever we can do to make sure we're giving them the resources and the education that they need to make informed decisions and to make wise decisions, that's what we're here to do. Do you like purple? I do, actually. I didn't have that much when I moved here and took this position, but now I'm getting a lot more purple, and purple does look good on my skin. So I do. I like it a lot. That's, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that would come to K-State just because of the purple. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it it was so weird because you come here and everything's purple. Everything's K-State. Everything's about the Wildcats. And that's another thing, again, going back to who I am and what I do. I preach that to our students all the time. You're in the perfect situation to set yourself up and network like crazy because you're in a town where everybody loves you. And this whole town is about K-State, K-State pride, and Wildcat pride. So use that to your advantage. I mean, that can have a negative effect, though, if you're the one that's doing crazy things in Aggieville. But use that to your advantage and set yourself up for whenever it's time for you to transition into something else. What's the most ridiculous thing you own that's purple? cowboy boots or that maybe a alumni gave you or or uh your boss gave you for a holiday present uh that you a belt suspenders something that you'll never wear a a giant purple cowboy hat never wear (laughs) well ironically so this is it's ridiculous to me i don't know if you'll think it's ridiculous but (laughs) (laughs) but for a wedding i had to get purple toms to go under our wedding dress and this was before i even 
I even knew I was coming to K-State. And then I got here and everybody's always like, where'd you get those purple toms? They are so cool. And I was like, it was a wedding. It was like a wedding gift that I had to wear for a wedding. It's not a big deal. But nobody apparently wore purple toms. So All right. So we I learned about purple me. toms. And <laughs> now you're giving me an idea. I might go just buy a case or a pallet full of purple toms and go down to campus and sell them uh, by the union. Uh, you make some good money, I'm just saying. Might not be a good, might not be a bad side gig. <laughs> Well, Corey, uh, we thank you for coming on the show. It's Corey Pinkett, Life Skills at K-State. Wish you the best of luck and can't wait to watch how your career grows. Before I let you go, what would you, you're fairly young. What would you like to do in 10 or 20 years? You want to be an athletic director? You know what? I thought about it, but I really value my relationships with my students. So I feel like as an athletic director, though I can make decisions that would benefit them, I wouldn't get that day-to-day -day interaction. And I really like to see the development of our students and that growth. So I'd say in about 10 years, I'd like to have my own organization probably that helps prepare high school students for their transition into college and teaches them some of those life skills that we're now teaching college students because they didn't have them. Yep. All right. We'll bring you back on the show and talk about that when you start that. <laughs> Again, good. thanks so much. Best of luck. Thank you. Pleasure having you. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. Before we bring on our next special guest, Morgan McGill, who is the CEO of one of the many chapters of the Lupus Foundation of America, I'd like to direct you uh, to a GoFundMe account that we have running right now for the Lupus Foundation of America uh, on our website, adamritzshow.com. You'll find the uh, link to the uh, GoFundMe account where you can throw 10 bucks in, 20, 50, 100, uh, however much you feel comfortable. Uh, it's right on our website, adamritzshow.com. Help us out with the Lupus Foundation of America. And now we bring on the CEO, Morgan McGill. Hi, Morgan. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are Hi, you? I'm so happy to have you on the show. You're the CEO of LFA, the one of the many chapters of the Lupus Foundation of America, the uh, Indiana chapter. And um, for our listeners, we want to get some education on uh, lupus and, you know, what it is. So for uh, our uh, listeners that are just tuning in and wondering, okay, what, lupus, I, I'm familiar with it. I've heard the term. What is it? You know, this is a very mysterious disease. Uh, lupus is an autoimmune disease. It's a chronic condition. Uh, there is currently no cure for lupus, um, and it can look different from patient to patient. There are some lupus patients who have what is a characteristic rash. Uh, there are other patients who have chronic fatigue or have uh, different problems with different organs within the body. Um, it just looks different from individual to individual. That covers a lot. Skin or in, internal organs, uh, fatigue, I mean, um, what, I guess, of those three, I'm sure there's more than just those three, what is maybe the most common case, if there is one? Um, patients who suffer from lupus, they uh, refer to outbreaks as flares. Um, so some of the most common symptoms can be a skin rash, can be fatigue. Often patients experience joint pain, swelling, um, shortness of breath sometimes. Um, they're just a, a number of different symptoms. And that is something that we are just trying to uh, get awareness out 
about talking and giving tools to patients, about telling their primary care physicians all of their symptoms that they are having, because lupus is something that takes a long time to diagnose. When do you get diagnosed? Are you born with it? Do you, is this in uh, junior high? When does this, uh, I guess, arise? So the disease typically affects women. It's actually uh, 90 times more likely to occur in women, and it typically presents uh, from ages 15 to about 45. So lupus affects women more than men. Up to 90% of lupus patients are women. It Additionally, um, it appears more frequently in Native American, Hispanic and Latino women, Asian women, and also African American women. Okay, my knowledge of uh, medicine is less than zero. Um, why is it more prevalent in women in those ethnicities? So there's so much we need to learn about this disease, which is why the awareness piece is so important. There are researchers now who are looking into all of the various genetic reasons and the genetic linkages, and they're also looking at environmental factors and, and, and think that there could be an environmental link as well. Do uh, the medical researchers think that you, you said earlier there's no cure? Uh, is there a day when there will be a cure? I know that's a stupid question because we all hope that day comes, but, you know, is that around the corner? Is it 50 years away? Is it 500 years away? Is it next week? Right now we only have one FDA-approved drug, which Pfizer makes, and it's called Venlista. Uh, a cure, you know, is probably several years away. There are, are many different studies right now. Um, there are drug companies that are, are working on uh, new and improved treatments. Um, so we focus really on the quality of a patient's life and making their life better with lupus and teaching them tools and techniques to better manage their disease. Well, that's, uh, you piqued my interest. What are maybe one or two of those tools or techniques? Uh, well, for, for those whose symptoms include rash, for instance, um, you know, a lot of lupus patients need to stay away from sun. They need to make sure that their family and their workplace understands that they have some lethargy and do feel probably more tired than other individuals, and they need to, you know, really have uh, people respect that they need more rest. Good stuff. All good stuff. Uh, Morgan McGill, our guest, CEO of the Indiana chapter of the LFA, the Lupus Foundation of America. Why did you devote your life to this cause? You know, I was Office of Women's Health Director for the state of Indiana, and during my tenure, there was a legislative uh, action passed by Connie Lawson, who is now our Secretary of State in Indiana. She has several family members who suffer from lupus, and it was an awareness bill that uh, came to the Department of Health. Um, at that time, I received a phone call from the past CEO of the foundation, and she and I immediately just started brainstorming because it was something I really was curious about at the time. I had only heard of it once or twice. I, I did not know anyone who suffered from the illness. So it was something, and especially since it does affect women for the most part, it was something I really wanted to take ownership 
being women's health director, to make sure that more women were familiar with the disease? Well, we've got uh, awareness and uh, fundraising coming up for uh, LFA, the Lupus Foundation of America, with uh, some initiatives that uh, you're overseeing as CEO of this chapter. What do you have coming up? Well, we have a Walked in Lupus Now event that takes place in Crown Point, and that happens this year on May 16th. We also have a Walked in Lupus Now event that takes place at Southeast Way Park, and that will happen on September 26th this year. The Walk to End Lupus and um, 5K, uh, is there a, you know the distance? Is it um, the traditional you gather around, you get a number on your chest, you get the T-shirt, It's there's fanfare and excitement, and you do the walk and raise money and awareness? No, this is not a competitive race at all. This is a, a I'm racing. A fun, I'm knocking people down. It's a fun uh, family <laughs> event. Um, we typically, for the kids, offer a moon bounce and face painting, and there are different food trucks that come. We offer a one mile route um, and then we also have a three mile if people are are you know on a summer day really wanting to get and get some exercise in okay well if it's not competitive if it's not a race then then I have a chance of winning okay I'll That's be there right. for sure That's and sure. Uh, what are the uh, digital properties to learn more about it uh, I guess get your tickets or donate that's right, and we do have a Donate Now button on our website, and our website is www.lupus, and that's spelled L-U-P-U-S, indiana.org. Lupusindiana.org. Couldn't be easier. And uh, for our national listeners around the country, I'm assuming it's just, uh, you know, name your state at the end of lupus, lupusnorthcarolina.org. That's, that's a guess. I don't know if I'm right, but uh, I'm sure with Google and the help of your uh, internet connection, you can find out how and where to help your LFA chapter in your area. Um, now, you have a gala uh, event. Um, occasionally, I dress up. I'd like to learn more about uh, the gala event. We're speaking with Morgan McGill, the CEO of the LFA uh, chapter here, the Lupus Foundation of America. And uh, I'm finding out now, because I, I just love to dress up, about your gala event. That's correct. We hold that event um, on a Thursday evening, and it's a fun-filled uh, beer, wine, food tasting event. We have several vendors who come out, and of course, there are silent auctions to bid on. It's not competitive. You yes. don't have to eat as much as you want. <laughs> Everyone does. That you know, the food is delicious. Um, a lot of local restaurants here that you would recognize. Uh, do participate with us. We have several corporate sponsors who purchase tables. Um, we do have a live auction, which does get competitive. So we have some great vacations um, and other packages to bid on. Okay, so did I miss you? Is it a gala event? So, I mean, the way that's described, I can still maybe wear some uh, khakis that's and true. a nice shirt. I don't have to wear a tux to this. You do not, you know, you okay. do not have to get out your coat and tails. Uh, <laughs> it can be business casual. Um, people do dress up. Purple is our lupus color. So if you want to come in your purple tux, that would be appreciated. Okay. And um, entertainment, bands, music? You know, we do not offer entertainment. There's no music, but we have a Butler University athletic director. His name is Ken LaRosa, who is wonderful. He keeps the audience uh, bidding higher and higher to, you know, really raise some necessary funds to keep our chapter services okay. continuing. Is that at Butler? Is it at uh, Butler? The event, is it at Butler no, University? No, it is not. I am so sorry. It is at Oak Hill Mansion in Carmel. Got it. Okay. And again, more information at lupusindiana.org. 
Okay, and then outside of those events and um, just normal awareness and fundraising over the course of the year, um, we encourage our listeners to just get involved. Post it on your Facebook page for awareness. If you have some extra dollar bills in your wallet, digitally uh, donate them to your local Lupus Foundation of America chapter. Morgan McGill, we can't thank you enough for your time, and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. And again, go to adamridgeshow.com for the link to the GoFundMe account where you can donate money right to the Lupus Foundation of America. We continue at Clarkson University. I'm with one of the athletic directors. This is Scott Smalling. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hi, Adam. How are you? Good. I'm uh, really proud and happy to be on the campus of Clarkson University. Real quick, uh, what part of the world are we? Potsdam, New York? Yep, way up north. Way up north near the Canadian border. How far to Canada? Can I throw a rock there from here? Uh, If you can throw 40 miles, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Well, we're here to cover uh, in this world of of uh, income, income equality and, um, and women's issues, we thought we'd highlight a, a success story within the female gender, and that is your female hockey team. They are the current reigning national champions in the NCAA Division I. Uh, tell us about your female girls hockey program. Did I, I'm, I don't know much about hockey. Did I even say that right? Is it the female girls team? Is it, a, is it the women's team? I mean, how would you say it? We classify them as a women's team. Women's uh, team. We started 10 years ago, um, and we've elevated the program here in the last 10 years and grown. And this year, we culmination of a lot of hard work and effort uh, from our coaching staff in the university and uh, went on to beat the University of Minnesota uh, five to four in a national championship game down at Quinnipiac. You actually said Minnesota the way Minnesota people say it, Minnesota, (laughs) Um, because that's the hockey in you. You've been you've been a hockey guy your whole life and you've worked in hockey facilities and uh, not only an athletic director here at Clarkson, but you work closely with both men's and women's hockey. And it's still just great, and congratulations to the women's team here for being national champions. Yeah, really appreciate it. It, uh, it was kind of surreal, to be honest with you. Um, put our little school on the map for women's athletics. Um, our volleyball team has done well, like I have told you. You know, we finished eighth in the country here um, the last two years out of 400 and some odd teams. Um, our men's program was the, the first uh, school in the country to get to 1,000 victories on the men's side. But our first national championship came on the women's side, and that was women's hockey. No kidding. I didn't realize that. I knew your men's team uh, has a lot of NHL players, a lot of uh, elite athletes from across the planet come to play college hockey here as, a, as the guys, uh, but they hadn't won a national championship yet? No, we've never won one. We've been in the, the finals a couple times and gotten beat. Um, you know, and it's just so hard to, to win at anything. You know, you got to be oh, obviously yeah. very good and also have to have some luck. And we've been on the wrong side of a couple goals here. We could have gone the other way, but didn't. And then this year on the women's side, uh, you know, beating Minnesota is a heck of an effort. I think yeah. they'd only lost uh, one game out of their last 80 uh, when we beat them. And you know, our program has grown, and I think we ended up 31-5 and five last year, which is very respectable. But if you went into that arena on that given day, most people would say that Minnesota was going to beat us. So... How about bragging rights within the halls here at Clarkson between the men and the women since the girls are the national champions? Well, there, there's some, there's there's some competitive nature between the two genders. There's some certainly there's some uh, competitive conversations that go on <laughs> about that, you know, but that's what makes college life fun. 
Um, it's also elevated. Our, our guys were extremely proud that our women won it. Uh, it's a close group. You know, they spend a lot of time on this campus when the average student athlete has gone home. So it, uh, it was great. It was great for both programs. Scott Smalling is our guest and athletic director at Clarkson University, men and women's hockey, the women's team just winning the national championship most recently in NCAA Division I hockey. Uh, let's talk about your guys real quick. Give me a success story of uh, one of your players since you've been here. You were telling me earlier off mic about some of the guys that have made it to the NFL. Um, for our hockey fan listeners out there that they would know. Oh, there'd be probably several. My most recent, uh, Willie Mitchell's won the Stanley Cup here the last couple of years. Very cool. Uh, with uh, who? He was with Los, Los Angeles okay. Kings. Uh, Eric Cole has won the Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes. Uh, Dave Taylor's a storied uh, career here with the LA Kings. We've got a number of uh, athletes. Craig Conroy, homegrown here in Potsdam, played over a thousand games in the NHL. We've got a number of guys still playing now, and we've got a number of guys in high-ranking positions throughout the NHL. I've had the uh, fortunate pleasure of working with your Chris Clark, who was uh, um, a hockey player here at Clarkson University. He's now in the uh, front office, a coach. He's a player development coach with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Great guy. Uh, he's actually the person that um, turned me on to Clarkson University. That's why we're here. So I want to give a shout out to Chris Clark in Columbus, Ohio. And I want to uh, thank you, Scott, for coming on the show to talk about uh, not only the success that your men have had with their hockey team, but those ladies, those girls, those women, the, the national champion, uh, are they called the Lady Golden Knights? No, we call them the, the Women Golden Knights. The Women Golden Knights. When you're a national champion, you're a woman. It's not a lady. They're the Women Golden Knights of Clarkson University. Scott, thank you for coming on. All right, appreciate it. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the show. And don't forget to go to the website, adamritzshow.com. Click on the GoFundMe link and throw some uh, digital money into that account for the Lupus Foundation of America. That link is at adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.